0: So yeah, you've got a lot longer beard than the last time we saw each other, Joel. Yeah, 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 it's a, uh,
1: it's a comfort beard.
2: He looks mm-hmm. very dignified.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't have a shaver. So it just depends on like when I'm over at my uncle's house and it got really oh long God. like last week. So I just had to like go into a barber shop and ask if they could, yeah, give me a trim. Um, they actually <laughs> just let me do it myself because the guy was busy. Um, so I'm going to invest in, a, in an actual shaver soon. There you go.
2: Yeah, you go. it's needed. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I think this is what I like. But do you go through like phases of wanting like,
1: you know, comfort, comfort fluff? No, I'm actually, uh, I'm a, I'm nouveau bearded, you know, I am, uh, I'm newly bearded. This is uh god maybe only a year old. And I've been cleanly shaven pretty much my whole life. I tried to start a beard when I lived in India in like 2010 And uh, I gave it about three months and it just never worked out. Um, And so there had been no attempt until uh, a little gentle encouragement from this one to my right.
2: I was the inspiration. Yeah. And
1: uh, but, you know, I don't think I can I can backtrack to that cool stubbly look that you're rocking because my in-between stages are are not too glamorous looking like it's either no beard or beard. But also now looking at pictures of me with no beard looks really weird, too. So I'm pretty much just stuck at beard level now. I think I'll just say, and I'm 42. Like, I just think it's mandatory, the the compulsory longer beard for stroking and stuff, you know? Is that
0: why it was suggested? Just to kind of add to your whole mystique?
2: Uh, No, I just knew that he was going to look really good with a beard and I was right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Always trust a woman's intuition. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So yeah, I visited you guys back in May. I see that you're still in the same place pretty much. Now we are. There we are. And Kyle visited you guys recently. Was he? He's he there right now?
2: He's here now. It's yeah, actually
0: here on site. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow.
1: What 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 are you guys up to? We've got a uh, an exhale retreat uh, starting tomorrow, and this is the first uh, exhale retreat we've done in years. So we're very mm-hmm. excited. You know, our two main retreat protocols are inhale and exhale. Inhale is the one you experienced, where it's a very introspective approach we do individualized preparation for a few weeks on site your medicine sessions are done privately your integration sessions are done privately and then afterwards you have your own integration specialist but with exhale this is more around group expansion we'll say you know the inhale retreat is our main demographic these days are people who are suffering deeply and in thick healing processes but for those who are more here for a bit of exploration you know these group retreats can be a lot more uh beneficial and so these ones instead of six people we take a max of 12 people uh prep is done as a group integration is done as a group um but also on site the medicine sessions are done as a as a group everyone is uh present it's still one at a time but everyone's present and then there's one session where we all do a few rounds of low doses together as a group and it gets real real juicy yeah yeah
2: super fun and celebratory
1: yeah
0: so we're excited about this one Amazing. And so like for anyone who's like kind of jumped into the podcast without knowing who you guys are and what you guys do, what what sort of doses are we talking about here? Hmm.
2: Super, super dependent, super dependent on each person.
1: Well, we are talking about the illustrious 5-methoxy-DMT, of course, 5-MeO-DMT, the god molecule. And, you know, just as Victoria said, uh, we do very individualized dosing. So You know, for this exhale retreat, we're usually going in for full release doses on that first ceremony. And so us working with the synthetic pure molecule, that's looking like an average of between eight and 12 milligrams. All right. And and what happens when somebody
0: has a full release?
2: Yeah, you know, it it really depends. So, you know, some people think with 5-MeO-DMT that we need to go all the way. And 5-MeO-DMT is kind of known when we do go all the way to shut down the default mode network. And that allows us to have this mystical experience where we go offline. Well, not everybody goes there. Some people stay online. Some people go all the way. And there's not really a right or a wrong. We just kind of go where we're meant to go. But, you know, the body has a different away message for each person. Sometimes what we're seeing on the outside is what we would call a buddha sitter somebody who doesn't really move maybe they're smiling maybe their eyes are blinking a little bit sometimes we might see the dynamic movers and shakers they're rolling around maybe they're doing some cosmic swimming sometimes they're screaming you never really know what the body's gonna do
1: it might look like a one-person mosh pit yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the the, the
0: first time i sat with the medicine well with with bufo which Mm -hmm. is the kind of natural version derived from the sonoran Desert Toad, whereas you, you guys use synthetic 5-MeO for, for reasons mm-hmm. that we might be able to discuss a bit later on. But yeah, this first and only time that I smoked Bufo, my friend who went before me was like writhing around. She vomited up this, this kind of pink mm. gruel, but left in a very angelic state. Whereas me, I was a lot more calm, even though the, the guy for some reason decided to give me a full body massage like two minutes after I'd smoked it. <laughs> um, oh, it kind of felt nice at the time. But yeah, I I, re- I realized later that it was probably slightly inappropriate. <laughs> we do not condone that for best practices. <laughs>
2: There's definitely a consent piece there for sure.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I, I just breathed some amazing breaths and was doing kind of cat-cows and didn't quite have the the what would I call it, cosmic orgasm that, that I experienced, um, thankfully with, with you guys. After like maybe a minute, it felt like of real terror while while my ego was fighting back against yeah, its impending dissolution. And oh and then the, the the second friend who went after me with the buffo didn't really break through in inverted commas. And yeah, totally stayed present, I believe. And yeah, I was quite frustrated by by the whole thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's an important thing to always, you know, speak to your participants about if you're a facilitator mm-hmm. is, You know, as Westerners, oftentimes our minds are kind of fixated on this goal. We need to get to the non dual space. And if I don't get there, I somehow failed. But there's just so much medicine in those spaces, even before full dissolution. You know, if we're having a challenging experience, those experiences are showing us where we're having a hard time letting go of, where we want control. And so there's a lot of medicine that we can glean there and work in our integration process with.
0: Mm-hmm. and and you guys are also doing various other retreats working with like victims of sexual trauma and various other forms of yeah i guess uh, suffering or mental health
1: issues mm-hmm. um and fun stuff be... too
2: <laughs> yeah
1: huh yeah we've got a couple's retreat coming up
2: yeah. couple's it's retreat. not all
1: about the dark you know yeah. dreary stuff you know we got to have
0: fun too But I mean, you guys said that it was like a natural thing for even people by themselves to want to be naked while they're on on the medicine. So what what kind of happens with couples? I imagine in a certain kind of situation, it is a bit of an aphrodisiac.
1: That it can be. Not to say that this retreat is going to be like an orgy. But, you know, we've got uh, Dr. Holly Richmond, who's a uh, relationship therapist, a um, sexual trauma coach, um, sexual coach, and... You know, teaming up with her and kind of weaving her work into our protocols, this retreat's going to allow couples to really dive in deep together. Um, And there's few things more special than getting to, you know, couples will have their sessions together. um, Then they'll go one at a time, but be witnessed by one another. And uh, there's few things more special than being able to be witnessed by your beloved um, going into your deepest, most vulnerable state. And the connection that that's able to foster is something that can be engaged in and something that can be really worked with. Uh, and throughout the retreat, Dr. Holly's going to be giving a different work, teaching different workshops, leading different um, playful techniques. We'll be giving a homework for the bedroom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's that opening that whatever it is that five MEO allows us to experience, it can certainly enhance our, external experience in terms of tactile sensation sound feeling everything because it brings us so much further into the present moment it allows the quiet mind to or excuse me the thinking mind to quiet to such a degree to where we can be present to be aware of the subtleties of all of those blissful sensations and yeah so couples can you know they're not going to be going in together on full doses but they will have a chance to go together on low doses uh, and even do things like eye gaze and cuddle and stuff like that Wowza, eye gazing yeah. but- oh it's eye
0: gazing on five is is, is really full on yeah <laughs> but you know i think most of the people doing psychedelic couples therapy are using mdma which which is what is traditionally used originally by, by shulgin and then now psilocybin seems to kind of be the psychedelic du jour for couples therapy, partly because it's kind of legal in more jurisdictions and seemingly more socially acceptable. So what what does five MEO different do differently with with couples and, and then kind of more widely? What 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 makes five MEO such a kind of distinct experience?
2: Yeah, I'd love to take that one. So, you know, if anybody's ever experienced 5-MeO in that in that peak experience, there's this complete dissolution of the identity and the self. And you know, when we're in the human body, it's so easy for us to interpret ourselves as separate from everything, from nature, from our partners, from our community because that's the experience that we're living. But when we have a 5-MeO experience where all of those boundaries are not there anymore. Actually, we're in a space that's complete oneness and intertwined with everything. We get to come back into the body with that remembrance of no separation and see our partner as that. There's all these, um, you know, in, in a relationship, especially if things get tumultuous, these walls can start to build up where we feel separated from our partners. Getting to have this experience with 5MEO, those walls can all just fall down and we can truly be in presence with one another.
0: So you guys are basically set for life, I suppose. You, you <laughs> never, you'll never you'll never encounter any, any serious difficulties. Although I remember you saying, Joel, that you were taking a break from the medicine because because of your heart. What what's the latest Ooh. on that?
1: Oh, my heart is doing uh my heart is doing much better, much better. Um I'm pleased to hear it. Next, yeah, me too, me too. I'm eating uh I'm eating cow heart for it now, which is apparently uh real good. But, um, aside from consuming heart, um, you know, I love to really emphasize and normalize the human experience. And I am looking forward to being a part of dissolving away the notions around perfection, of identity. You know, there's so many expectations that we put on ourselves. the farther we go down our path, or specifically, Well, yeah, Um, around an ideal self, you know, someone who is just impenetrable and doesn't get affected by emotion, doesn't ever succumb to illness. That fallacy of the invincible human does such a disservice to genuine spiritual exploration because it negates such a broad spectrum of the human experience And so absolutely we have our ups and downs. We wouldn't be a couple if we didn't. You know, I've uh, met a lot of amazing couples in my life that have been doing this work together for a long time and all of them have their downs, all of them have their tips, but the difference is we can either have a tiff and allow it to create a divide or we can have a tiff and we can learn from it and use it as medicine, understanding that something in one or both of us was triggered and that there's some sort of wound that's asking to be acknowledged that was reminded by that experience. And so I think a conscious relationship like this allows us to explore ourselves and each other in such a deeper way. And, uh, so I would say in terms of set for life, we are set to really, really explore and expand within within our relationship to beautiful depths and dimension because, yeah, getting to dive into transpersonal experiences with psychedelics as a couple, it's something special. It's something that only people who have explored those realms with a lover can understand. It is uh, a bit beyond what the mind can really conceive. But um, <laughs> those luminal spaces, you know, can be... Uh, just absolutely amazing and ripe for exploration. And I think that's where we get really excited about this couples retreat too, because I think just as you were saying with MDMA and psilocybin, it's focusing on couples therapy, but um, yeah, therapy is cool and working out problems is cool. But what about enhancement? What about optimization? What about taking it to the next level? That's uh, that's what gets us really uh, excited and interested. Sure. Yeah. I think that's one of the next
0: frontiers really the whole yeah. idea of psychedelics not for fun but exploration not necessarily yeah for, for just just for therapy yeah e- exploration and exploring mm. these altered states and how one can yeah enhance those through a connection with someone else and and when one mm. has kind of experienced something like that it raises the bar doesn't it
1: it mm. does oh yeah it does only, like,
0: only, yeah. It's, it's difficult yeah. to, and it's difficult to find someone as well that you have that depth of connection with as well and yeah, yeah it's certainly something i'm grappling with right now as a as a single man
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's in line with human nature not just human nature but the nature of consciousness itself to expand and to explore and Yes, these psychedelics have amazing healing potential. And that is what we mainly work within these days. However, once we address these core wounds, once we address the the initial thick layers of suffering and begin to learn how to engage with our own processes, then comes exploration. Then comes understanding that this is all part of the human drama and that all of this is such a beautiful act of self-discovery. You know, it is since the Big Bang, what is it, 14.8 billion years ago, we are made of the exact same light photons that were expanding at that time. And by nature, these light photons cannot die. They are infinite and are forever expanding. And we are the result. We are the, not just the reflection, but we are literally the Big Bang in in act, in, in its expansion. And... To be able to discover and to experience what we're truly made of is uh, is a true gift. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts of this uh, resurgence in the, in psychedelic work. Mm. Although I know
0: not everybody in the psychedelic community and indeed elsewhere believe in the Big Bang. Some even say that these breakthrough psychedelic experiences m- make folks realize that there is no beginning and there is no end. You know,
1: and that's the interesting thing, but they both can exist because the big bang happened in something, but there was something before it, and yeah, time's a whole wild one. We can start to go down that rabbit hole, but we might get lost. But, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, the, but the reason I wanted to speak to you guys today really was, yeah, I was just so impressed, yeah, by you guys and and your relationship when I spent the week with you yeah any any tips for me like how to be kind of discerning I guess it's I'm doing that right now Mm -hmm. by speaking to although you would kind of back yourselves I suppose
2: yeah i I think it really boils down to just vetting people before before having them on. And I mean that that really goes for people who want to work with psychedelics period, whether you're somebody in the space like yourself who has a voice and can reach people or somebody who is brand new to the space and looking to have their first journey, really really doing our research. Um that's why we started five. um if anybody hasn't heard of it, um five stands for five MeO DMT information and Vital Education. It's our education website on five Meo DMT. And yeah, this is for people who have never worked with 5-MEO to avid psychonauts and even facilitators to come and learn about it. Because yeah, just like you're saying, you really never know what you're going to get, especially in the 5-MEO world. So you <laughs> definitely want to uh, approach it safely and responsibly.
0: Yeah, because with this medicine, it seems so simple, right? Compared to some of the others, Yeah, a lot, a longer affair or more likely to be vomiting and maybe not even enjoying part of the experience but for 5meo often it can just be yeah an ascension to heaven and just an incredible 10 15 20 minute blur yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's no wonder that some people come out of come out of the experience and be like okay I'm a Bufo shaman now. Yeah. yeah. And that that's, that's partly that's... explains why there's been all of this controversy in the mm-hmm. space, which has been covered by various media now. Yeah. And there was a whole, yeah, ruckus in the in the 5MEO community, wasn't there, a couple of years ago, which led to an opening about
1: Dr. Jerry and Octavio. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been a messy one. The 5-MeO community has been in a a teething process for a while. Just as you said, it's really easy for someone to have a very beautiful, blissful experience. Um, And then because of their subjective experience, they assume that it's going to be like that for everyone. And so they pick up a pipe, they get some toad in the mail and start piping their friends. And a few friends may have amazing experiences, but then comes a person who may have a bit of trauma or something that needs to come to surface. And you know, the honest truth is a whole lot more people have difficulty with this medicine than, uh, than people realize. A whole lot more people are silent about their traumatic experience with 5-MeO because they feel that they did something wrong, that it was because of their own in- inability to let go that they had a challenging experience. And so they feel in some way ashamed to admit that. And a lot of times because their facilitators have spent a lot of time promising a blissful mystical experience. You know, when we did a series of case studies, um, we put out an open call for people who have had difficulty, difficult integration periods. And the amount of emails we received was staggering. The amount of people that are being harmed by what we call cowboy facilitators. You know, your cowboy shamans who tour around the U.S. piping people with no preparation and no integration. And uh, a lot more people are being harmed than they realize. Um, And a lot of these people are not reaching out to their facilitators to say that they've been harmed because, again, they feel ashamed. They feel like they did something wrong and they don't want to make the person that uh, that served them feel weird. And those those guys,
0: those guys, yeah, the United Shamans for a New Tomorrow, who got featured like totally uncritically in, in major media. Yeah. And then, like a year later, like local media attended a ceremony, and the dude like totally flipped out. And apparently, he smoked all of his buf- bufo, and then was accusing everyone else of smoking it. And then, like, even like tried to like get the journalists to like force force them to smoke some bufo when they just oh. decided, no, I'm I'm sitting out of this
1: one. Yeah.
2: My goodness.
1: It's a uh, it's a messy situation out there, like we said. and uh, you know, from groups like that, m- the majority of the case studies that we uh, that we did and, and uh, that we received were from had been served by those groups. Um, and you know, it's very unfortunate that quite a few people have been not just using the word trauma, but have been literally traumatized by their experience and have had to see psych- seek psychological help after their experience there's been people who have had to call the ambulance on themselves because they thought they were going crazy and had no idea that reactivations could ha- could happen because the facilitator didn't even tell them mm. it's uh it's a sticky one out there and so we uh we have a heavy heavy emphasis as you know on best practices and people taking their time to learn this work before attempting to serve it people taking time to do their own work first before attempting to serve it if I'm still in my healing process or in the first few years of my spiritual journey, I have no no business whatsoever trying to serve this molecule. If I don't understand in what ways I may project my own subconscious or my own process onto a participant's process, then I have no business engaging in the most powerful opening that a human can step into.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's a, it's a big one.
2: Yeah. Vetting. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple day... Facilitator trainings to a couple weeks is absolutely not enough. And unacceptable. We always caution people if you're working with someone with 5MEO or, or BUFO um, and they call themselves a shaman. Caution.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And a month is never enough time to train to be a facilitator. The, the majority of trainings that we see are under a month, and it's mm. absolute insanity to think that someone, and especially they generally have no prerequisites um, to, for, uh, to have people join. And I'm not saying that you need to be a clinical psychologist to be trained to serve 5-MeO, but if you have no experience in therapeutic modalities, then it's probably pretty pertinent to take, to take a little extra time and training, to have some mentorship, some one-on-one, mm. um, to really get to understand your strengths and weaknesses as a facilitator and uh, have those uh, nurtured and uh, cared for. Yeah, because as we know,
0: this is all uncharted territory, this whole psychedelic yeah. space. and like It's easy to become a doctor in a way if you just jump through all the hoops because there's set-up, regulatory... Mm-hmm long-standing systems and protocols <clears> and schemes. But yeah, why don't you tell me how you guys learned to serve the medicine and why you believe you're qualified to accredit
1: people to do so now? Oh, I love that question. You, yeah, want to... you go for it. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna address the latter part first. Why we believe we are qualified um to certify people and to train people the only reason we do is because we are standing on the backs of giants uh our training program is not just the two of us our training program we have 30 something additional um 30 35 35 guest teachers who are experts in their fields from everything from mysticism to neuroscience to trauma therapy it's um something we take very very seriously to understand that we don't have all the skill sets necessary to fully teach the entire spectrum of what this experience can provide mm-hmm. and so that's why our training is a long training because we've got there's a lot of subjects there's a lot of my, minutia, and so that's why we have so many guest teachers is because i do not have an expertise on transference and counter i can speak to my own experience but bringing on people who can speak to clinical pharmacology and what can go wrong mixing certain medications with this medicine. Um, Again, you know, in all of our teams from Tandava Retreats to Five, it's always been about finding people who are better than us, who are more skilled than we are, um, to be able to continually allow this to grow. Five isn't about us. It's not just about our companies. It's about the Five MEO community and about helping Five MEO get out to the world in a safe and effective way. Because another bad headline is not going to do us any good at all for getting 5-MeO-DMT recognized as something with therapeutic potential and safe. You know, what was the last great headline we had? Italian porn star kills his friend with toad venom. We, we don't need any more of those. We You know, imagine, let's say, um, one of these publicly traded companies in their phase two, phase two B trials has a participant who goes into what Stanislav Graf would refer to as spiritual emergency four to six weeks down the road from their experience and ends up committing suicide. An unfortunate case we just heard heard about in Canada earlier this year. Mm-hmm. These things happen and all of a sudden news announcements saying clinical 5-MeO-DMT clinical trial participant commits suicide, psychosis. <clears throat> Again, we know the amazing healing potential from this work, but we also have seen firsthand how dangerous it can be when not handled under proper guidance, when not handled with respect and reverence. So that's uh, that's why we've looked to so many others to help us grow and to help this training program be a comprehensive, well-rounded training program, mm-hmm. because the two of us, I wouldn't say are just qualified to teach the overall everything around 5meO DMT. But luckily, we've got amazing colleagues, we've had amazing mentors and teachers and are lucky enough to know some of the greatest minds in the uh, in the space. And how, so okay. how did you you learn to to serve the medicine? Oh, yeah, forgot about that part. So back in uh, in my days in, uh, in kind of colleagues who started serving around this time, you know, around 10 years ago or so, there weren't training programs in place. There was two different that I can, two different really, really good lineages happening. Um, One about being a little under 30 years old now, and the other being a little under 15 years old now. Um, One I can mention being uh, the Temple of Awakened Divinity. Um, And I don't even think they had a training program yet at that time, but there was one, but it was more of a, a mentorship, but there weren't training programs yet. This was, you know, before the psychedelic renaissance was really kicking up. And so it was a lot more about mentorship. It was a lot more, uh it was a lot less official, but also the style in which it was being utilized was very different. People were not seeking us out then for curing depression or addressing PTSD. These were spiritual seekers and psychonauts looking for that full mystical experience. The tides turned uh in a very big way, you know, especially... Starting around 2016, 17, but really ramping up, we saw the significant shift in our demographic 2019, 2020, where all of a sudden, you know, and to now, I'd say 90 to 95% of our participants have never done any psychedelics nor even smoked cannabis and are coming to address serious mental health concerns. And that beckoned us to enhance our skill sets to bring on more of a team. So, you know, most of our training was mentorship. I um I first started doing my medicine training as a uh, learning to serve ayahuasca with the Shipibo tribe down in the jungle, um, uh, and came to a very strong realization at some point that it was not my medicine to be serving. And uh and was uh found my beginning practice in serving an NDMT. Um and it wasn't even done, you know, there wasn't even an intention to be a facilitator. Um, you know, I was seeking it out for my own exploration and began to learn how to extract it and make it. Um or maybe 2011 2012 and uh, naturally began to offer it to some friends my background was in leading meditation yoga yogic pranayama and teaching philosophy and so that's how I got my start was teaching through those lenses teaching what I'd learned from my teachers um, and then later on taking on different mentors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right cool
0: yeah thanks for sharing and yeah. so then now i think you served bufo for a while and then did, did you switch to 5meo and perhaps explain why exactly that was and why you serve 5meo on your retreats today and and not the mm-hmm. natural version which some people say does create a bit more of a mystical experience because of yeah, the ingredient bu- bufo tanin and just the whole mythology around the toads
1: yeah um well i'll speak to the first part, and then I'd love to hear you share, um, you know, so actually started serving synthetic first. Um, my first fully, my first few experiences were with synthetic, um, first being in like 99 or 2000, um, and then being much later with the temple of divinity. Uh, and so my first obsession was with the pure molecule. Um, and that was right before Bufo started getting really, really popular. Um, and then, it became impossible to find synthetic for a few years. No one could get it um, except a very, very few people. It was was very hard to resource. And right around that time, Bufo started booming hardcore and they started mailing it out of the desert um, all over the place. Um, And and then that was shortly after that was when fair Um, kind of safety and um, best practices around toad harvesting and so for a while, we were um, sourcing what could, what's called fair trade toad, um, ethically harvest and only using the, the main two peritoidal glands. Uh, and then as access opened up again to synthetic, um, we began to shift mainly back to uh, working with synthetic. And um, and then I'd also just love to well, actually you share first and then I'll speak to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the reason that why we made the switch over from Bufo to kind of what we call the pure molecule, synthetic, jaguar, there's so many names out there for it. Um, there's a few different reasons. One is obviously for dosage specificity. You really just don't know how much you're giving somebody with bufo secretion. It can be anywhere from 10 to 30% 5-MeO-DMT in any sample. And so it's really important for us to accurately be able to serve somebody exactly how much we want to give them. Also, some of the material within the bufo secretion is cardiotoxic. We work with a lot of people who are elderly who may have have underlying heart conditions that they don't know about definitely don't want to push somebody into you know cardio- cardiovascular issues and then there's the conservational issues as well around the toads because 5meo DMT is becoming so popular the toads are facing a lot you know physical physical harm captivity they're being over milked there's just so much happening and we don't want to have any part of that and um also, just to speak to the the bufotinine piece on that as well, you know, a lot of people speak like, okay, maybe there's more of a mystical experience with the toad secretion because it has bufotinine. But actually, even if you're working with the pure molecule, because of the way that the um, enzymes um, metabolize it through the body, you still get bufotinine as well. And even, mm-hmm. um, I think it was Hamilton who spoke about this, yep. the, the the amounts of bufotinine are so trace that it really wouldn't make a difference anyway.
1: It would, He said it would be like, if you had a pot of habanero soup, throwing one jalapeno into it. Um, <laughs> and That's so, a, but a I'd love to speak- analogy.
0: Although although yeah. when I spoke the last time, well, the only time I ever met him, he was saying how he doesn't believe in silomophoxin and it's either a placebo effect or simply psilocybin,
1: which I, I don't believe is true. We don't have an opinion.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. so many other, like it could be some other synthesis of something else, but uh. Who knows? That's a whole nother messy situation. (laughs) But I would say, um, you know, in terms of the Bufo versus synthetic debate that I'm so, so, so wary of these days or so tired of, because it's it's more of the same when people say that their mystical experience was more significant because it was with the natural substance. It sounds like the same bullshit that started the Spanish Inquisition like my religion is more pure because it was worded this way or no my religion is more pure it's the let's never underestimate the ego's ability to make an identification out of our own subjective experience and so that the natural versus synthetic camp really launched from octavio you know around he really started going ham on that around 2017 2018 saying that it was poison and started a whole thing around it and it was really really unfortunate Um, I feel that 5MEO allows us to look beyond our own subjective philosophical views um, and to understand that there may be room for all of it. The infinite is infinite enough to contain all truths. And um, sometimes if it comes down to not having to harm a species, then maybe, uh, you know, who knows? But the, uh, yeah, no, like I know exactly what you're saying. A lot of people have said that, you know, Tried to say that their myst- the mystical experience is more, more substantive or more mystical with the toad. Um, At least I in I my haven't...
0: experience with mm. the with the bufo, which I've only ever had once. Yeah, I did have like a series of flashbacks, mm-hmm. that seemed to be events seemingly innocuous that had caused me some kind of like micro trauma or anxiety. And seeing yeah. this carousel of like 20 moments mm-hmm. gave me some kind of closure and allowed me to turn the page on some stuff that I wasn't even aware of. Just It was kind of like latent or something was was yeah. the way that I explained it to myself anyway. Whereas the 5MEO, which, which I smoked with you guys was a lot more a kind of bodily feeling and I didn't have any super distinct visuals it was Mm -hmm. yeah kind of kaleidoscopic and fractally but Yeah. yeah certainly no flashbacks or
1: anything and it would probably be a different completely different experience the next time you smoked whether synthetic or bufo you know every time every time we go in it's different we're going in different ways and it's um it's uh you know, we go through different layers. And so the cow wouldn't, you know, a lot of times people have their experience, and then they're expecting to have the same experience the next time. Um, So like if we have people who have a really, really challenging experience and they go through like a tumultuous ego death, there can be a lot of fear before their next session, because they're afraid they're going to go right back into that really, really scary space. But then they go in and it ends up being a completely different experience because they've kind of worked through that layer. And so sometimes- whether or not it's Bufo or um, Jaguar, it's going to take us into, you know, sometimes it's going to be a more somatic bodily experience. Sometimes it's going to be more of a mental experience. But, um, you know, we hear all kind of all of the above for both Bufo and synthetic, um, where a lot of people will say Bufo is more more in the body because of the Bufatanine, different things like that. You know, I just think that it's just going to be different every time regardless. And most of the difference is going to be um, within the experience and subjective rather than um, derived from the substance itself.
0: Yeah, and it's really crazy how it's just popping off, really, whether it's Bufo or 5-MeO. Like, you guys had your little feature in the Financial Times, which kind of made me laugh because it was alongside Japanese meditative it was very randomly placed, I will say. <laughs> like, an Italian anti-aging detox. And then it was like... <laughs> something else about cycling in the foothills of crete and then it was like well if you don't yeah. want to do any of those things you can just go smoke some toad venom in mexico but then okay. on top of that you got, you got mike tyson talking about it to um joe rogan and yep. show ted lasso there's a scene yeah. where he's like ah oh, today's been boring better go home and smoke some toad venom to make sure the day's not an entire waste <laughs>
1: oh my yep yeah it's it's uh, getting out there in in some odd and interesting ways so how do you
0: like if you've had like a kind of you know boring or unremarkable day and you've you've got like a lifetime supply of five m e o in your on your altar, how do you resist the temptation to just be like, oh you know we'll just liven up the day and you know smoke smoke a bit of five m e o do some do some eye do some eye gazing and then you know see what happens yeah. It's an interesting
1: way to liven up the day
2: yeah. I, I wouldn't say that we look at it in that way in any way. And I, I think it's because of our, our experience with it and understanding that every time that we go in, there's a process that follows. It's not just the experience. I think there's a, a big misconception around this magic bullet with 5MEO, just having this incredible experience or terrifying. And that's it. There's a giant process that follows and you really never know, kind of like Pandora's box when you open it, you never know what's going to come out on the other side. And so, it's really important for us when we work with medicine that we always have time to integrate mm-hmm. what's about to come on the other side. And so, yeah, you know, as, <laughs> as of late, because we're we're pretty in the business side of things, we haven't been working with medicine in, as much. Yeah. um, And yeah, just boils down to really having reverence and respect for it.
1: And understanding that anything may come up, you know, we may, we may, you know, be to say we're like, oh, man, really unfolding kind of into the infinite could really just help just hit the spot right now you know i'm really feeling kind of out of center that experience could really be nice right now <laughs> and then instead you have an experience that's extremely challenging and it's like oh cool now i get to spend the next six months like calling bullshit on the 15 parts of my personality that i am now seeing for what they are you know it's uh you just never really know what you're gonna get <laughs> yeah i remember that i remember the guy
0: that i did the bufo with was pretty reckless i mean i love you roger <laughs> But he, yeah, he he was saying that he would just drive immediately after <laughs> smoke, smoking it. And there was definitely zero focus on integration. Whereas I remember you saying, Victoria, that you, you'd quite like to have a full release dose at some point in the not so distant future, but you were just waiting to have the time and space to be able to do proper integration afterwards. Because I think that's where a lot of people that um, are serving or indeed receiving a lot of 5-Me go wrong really. And you can kind of see it in their eyes. Yes. They yes. look beautiful. They often do look beautiful. <laughs> it's like very wide eyed, like deep blue oceans, but mm-hmm. there's just something there where- Not a foot on the ground. Yeah, not a foot on the ground, a bit too far gone.
2: exactly yeah there's a there's an ungroundedness that follows if we don't integrate and we're just bypassing all of our work and all of our shadows and actually there's a a danger with 5meo you know We're, we're working with the medicine of the ego it's known for being an ego dissolver or for the aka ego death and if we should integrate the experience afterwards it can teach us how to live in harmony with nature and ourselves and in that oneness that we experienced in the experience versus if we're constantly doing 5MEO DMT and we're never integrating it, it can actually build a super ego. And this is where we see messiahs, uh, messiah complexes and ego superiority and people starting to build kind of cult followings.
1: Oh yeah, and letting their beard grow, you know? (laughs) Look! Look! All other cults are wrong, but ours isn't. You know, it's not really a cult. Join our cult, <laughs> kaivalya cult with a K. But it's no
0: wonder that there is a particular problem with messiah complexes in the oh, five yeah. the community because mm-hmm. it's just a reliable way to access unity consciousness. Like with, yeah. our, with
1: other with other stuff, it's a lot more complicated, right? What easier way to bypass everything than just going straight to non-dual concepts, you know? It's <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty convenient route for the spiritual ego to take. So, how
0: how are you guys gonna make sure you stay on track? With
1: our egos or with uh, our nervous systems, with uh
2: <laughs> in what way?
1: <laughs> um, the ego, I guess, because
0: yeah, you're you really making a push to position yourselves and, and your companies as a real gold standard like you're at maps doing a lot of promotion and meeting people and um platforming yes, other, char- other charities and other organizations that you're a fan of as well so yeah how how can we know that you guys are gonna gonna stay on track
1: just blindly trust everything we say. <laughs> know that my voice only speaks truth. No, I'm just kidding. Co-visibility. Co-visibility is the answer to all of it. It's we keep an environment with our colleagues of an open door to say, hey, your head might be up your ass. Because all of our heads have made up, made, made their way up our ass. It's a it's an, a rite of initiation, a rite of passage and in, in growth. Our ego is going to make an identity out of our progress. It's we're gonna go, we're gonna veer into different traps. and that's what community's for. That's what having a team of amazing family is for. And uh I'm, I think that's that's our best route out because if we anytime we decide that we've got our own map to keep our you know to keep our uh, our ego free of over identification, then we're heading right in into that cave again.
0: Amazing. Well, it's been really good chatting to you guys today guys any, any final thoughts hmm, I don't think
2: so